Let's turn our Bibles to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, and that was just such a great testimony that Miracle gave. And um, it kind of really just goes, segues really into what God put in my heart this week to speak about. Now let's just read this together. 2 Samuel 23, verse 20. 2 Samuel 23, verse 20. I just love how Chris was saying at the outset as he was praying during the worship that really that we're gathered here really for the word. We're really gathered here to um, soak up the edification that comes from the word of God in Acts 20, verse 32, the word of grace that can build us up. Because all week we're in a world that does not build us up, right? We are in our workplaces or we are in our businesses that are not very edifying most of the time. So the word of God here on Sunday and Thursday nights when we can get together for those that can make it to house church. Acts 20 verse 32 is a verse that speaks to me in a deep way that the word of God, which is the word of grace, gives us an inheritance and it builds us up. And in 2 Samuel 23 verse 20, I want to read this to you. I'm going to read to verse 23. Read this with me. How many like to read about David's mighty men? I just love it because you're reading about these crazy men. And I think it's in, the, it's in the King James that describes that these men are chafed in the mind. Have you ever heard that, that term, chafed in the mind? They're a little bit, there's something a little bit wrong with them. Have you ever met somebody like that? They're really on fire for God, but, you know, you get to know them a little bit. And there's something a little bit like, a little chafing going on there in the minds. And 2 Samuel 23, verse 20 David attracted these kinds of men. David was a man that lived by grace, lived by faith. Uh, he lived a radical life in love with God. And you can see it as a shepherd. And when he was on the run, he attracted men around him. 600 men that were in debt, that were depressed, and that were in, they were dismayed. And he attracted them and they began to follow him. That's discipleship. When we look at discipleship in the, in the Old Testament with David's life, we see that the most intense, most incredible time of one-on-one discipleship that David was having was when he was on the run. When you and I are in trouble, when we are in conflict, when we are struggling with life issues, when we're having problems in relationships, do not dismay, because at that moment, you're being broken, you're being bent, you're being twisted, you're being poured out like water, and at that moment, God's using your life way beyond what you could ever imagine. And so in, that, in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20, let's read this together. Benaiah, the son of Jehoadiah, was a valiant man of Kabzeel, a doer of great deeds. What a cool name. Where are you from? I'm from Kabzeel. <laughs> I want to be from a town called Kabzeel. He struck down two aerials of Moab. What's an aerial? <clears throat> the King James it describes an Ariel as two lion-like men. Men that, were, that looked like lions. Ever see somebody that looks like a lion? These men, these men were massive. They had a lot of hair. And they were <clears throat> two lion-like men. And he struck them down in Moab. He also went down and struck down a lion in a pit on a day <clears throat> when the snow <clears throat> had fallen. Yes, there was snow sometimes in Israel. And he struck down an Egyptian, a handsome man, in, the, in another translation, in the original, it gives the impression that this 
giant. This man was a giant. This Egyptian was a giant. He was seven and a half to eight feet tall, and he struck him down. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, and I love this. The Egyptian comes to him at a, with a spear, but Benaiah went down to him with a staff. What's a staff? It's like a stick, right? It's like a walking stick, right? Benaiah goes down to him. And <clears throat> what does he do? He snatches the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and kills him with his own spear. It's like one of those moves that you see in a martial art movie that's like really cool. Like Benaiah just walks down and just says, I'll take that, snatches it, and takes out the giant with his own spear. These things Benaiah did, the son of Jehoiada, and won a name beside the three mighty men. Now, David had his 600, David had his top 30, and then David had his three. <clears throat> Here we see that Benaiah, <clears throat> thank you very much. I thought that was coffee. <clears throat> Benaiah is not one of the three mighty men, but he is, among, he is, some translations, some describe him as above, or that he was uh, renowned in the sense that, they, that these three mighty men wanted to emulate him. So Benaiah here is quite an amazing man. I want to open up with this statement. Most people believe God is real. Most of us believe God is real, right? I think all of us in this room. But few people actually make our life decisions from the perspective that God really is real. And what happens is, is when we have a belief system that's not something that we really are exercising in our life, then our theology or our belief system has a widening gap between what we believe and what we're actually experiencing, our reality. And at that moment, those, that gap that begins to form between what we believe and what's really happening in our life, there's a gap that begins to form. And in between that gap, there are things that come in between, like circumstances and troubles and threats that come in between them and God. And instead of letting God get between them and the circumstances, they're living in a place where they're not seeing God, God's power and God's miraculous calling. People who do what Benaiah did here. I want to talk about one specific thing that he did was he chased down a lion. Killed the lion in a pit on a snowy day. Now what military, I mean some of you guys maybe, some of you maybe one or two of you are military. Uh, what is the military, what's the advantage of, of confronting an enemy, a beast, or something that can take you out in a pit? Major disadvantage there, right? Especially when it's slippery, when it's snowing. But this is exactly what Benaiah does. Benaiah goes after. Now, what, what's the scene? How is this? It's a little bit abstract how this all happens. But let's draw a picture a little bit. Here's Benaiah. By the way, Benaiah is the son of uh, Jehodiah. And this guy, Jehodiah, is an amazing guy. And we'll look at that in a second. Here's Benaiah. We don't know the circumstances, but he's doing, he's just, we find him pursuing a lion. Okay, now how many of you know people that pursue lions? I mean, we knew a guy, there was a guy that used to um, wrestle with alligators, what was his name? Uh, many of you wound up dying by a sting, a, a sting, a sting race, killed him, okay? I don't know of anybody that's ever chased a lion, tracked him in the snow, found him in a pit, and then took him out. This is what Benaiah does. Benaiah 
And why does he do that? I, I think that the reason may be, and when we look at his character, when we do a character study of who Benaiah was, Benaiah is a man that uh, really cared about protection, guardianship, and was a, was a man that was a man of loyalty, that was always on the lookout for threat. My theory is, is that Benaiah was in a circumstance where this lion was threatening either his family, uh, his people, and so he goes after him. He goes after this lion. Now remember, remember how big, how big you know how heavy a lion is? It's about, a, a lion is about 500 pounds, okay? Imagine that, 500 pound lion, okay? I went on, I went to Natural Geographic and I looked about, I was reading about lions on Wikipedia and they can leap 30 feet. You know what 30 feet is? Is 30 feet from here to that curtain back there? I don't know. That's like a lion can like, he can run 36 miles an hour. He can take a flying leap and he can go from here, from the pulpit, out to where uh, Eduardo is. Now that's a beast that you don't want to meet in the wild. So I went to another site and I was checking up on what Smithsonian Institute and you ever read these books, how to survive in the wild or what to do if you've been thrown out of an airplane or what to do if you are in the wild and you only have one matchstick, how to survive, right? There are these books on how to survive. They're very popular right now. But if you were to look at a lion, what to do, and actually there's an article on the internet about this, what to do if you meet a lion in the wild. You know what you do? Well, there's a few, there's a few suggestions there. Number one, don't point at it. Don't point at the lion, okay? Number two, don't, don't lock eyes with the lion. And number three, don't run. And then the last, the last point was, run if you have to. <laughs> run fast, run 40 miles an hour if you can. So here's Benai, he's a little bit different. He's going after the lion, he's chasing the lion. I don't know what happens that in that meeting where Benai meets this 500 pound lion, and then suddenly that lion is on the move. Lions will only run away when they meet another animal that is bigger or that threatens them. And so this lion is on the move. And it's a snowy day, and of course, if you've got a beast moving at 30 miles an hour, he's gonna outrun you. And so here's Benai, he's like, Benai is like, well, I guess that, I guess I can't get that lion because he outran me. No, he's pursuing it. He's following the tracks in the snow, and he gets to a pit, where he finds that probably the lion falls into this pit or falls into something because of his weight and he's stuck in this pit. So Benai goes in with his spear, jumps into the pit. There is this probably this incredible sound of a fight and roaring and screaming. And then we're probably, if we're watching all of this, we're probably expecting to see only one come out and that's the lion, right? No, Benai comes out and there's no lion. The lion is dead. He is dead in the, in the pit. I don't know, I mean, Benai, I'm sure he was scratched up. I'm sure he was scarred for life. You know, you've got, you've got these claw marks probably on him. And he walks out. Why is that so incredible? Why did that speak to David so much? Because later on we see that this guy, Benaiah, is promoted. He becomes one of David's 30 in 2 Samuel 20, verse 33. After David dies, Benaiah helps to install his son as king into the kingdom in 1 Kings chapter 1. Benaiah later on, in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 34, Benaiah actually goes and takes out Joab, who turned against David during the conspiracy of his son. 
Benaiah actually is employed by Solomon to go and take out the enemy. Once a man that was a friend of David but turns on him, he goes out and takes him out, kills him at Solomon's request. This man was not a sentimental person. This man was a bold man. He removes. And then what happens in 1 Kings chapter, chapter 4, verse 4? Solomon takes Benaiah and puts him as his right-hand man. You know what? You're going to be my right-hand man, and you're going to be over all of the armies. Shortly after this, when he kills this lion, David takes him and says, I can't put you among the three because they're already there, but I'm going to put you in a position for you. How many know this story? Okay. I'm going to put you in a position, David says, that is a very privileged position, and that is that you're going to be over my bodyguard. In modern-day positions, that would be, I'm going to set you over the Secret Service. You're going to be the man that's next to me. You're going to be over the Secret Service. Can you imagine that? This is Benaiah. Now, why is this so important for us today it's in the Woodlands, Texas, reading about Benaiah who's killing a lion in a snowy pit? Because this speaks to me volumes. This speaks to me volumes. This speaks to me about a person who did not have to go after this lion, but he goes after this lion. He does not get discouraged. He tracks him and he goes into the pit and he risks his life and he takes out this lion. Benaiah is a picture of a person who sees an opportunity in the plan of God, that sees something that God has allowed in his, in his permissive will. And he goes after it because he sees something in it. He is looking, David, Benaiah is looking at David. David is speaking his life. David's life is speaking. And I just really want you to focus on the word here. Don't get distracted. Don't, don't let your mind wander and, 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 and get distracted. Because I think what will happen is, is that when there's truth that is being preached, and God, whoever's speaking it, and God wants to speak to somebody, the devil will just throw all this stuff in your mind. You're going to start worrying about lunch. You're going to start worrying about what's going on uh, in somebody else's life. Just focus on the word of God. And let, because the devil wants to not let us to understand that. The, the powerful principle of Benaiah's life. The name Benaiah, you know what that means in the Old Testament? The name Benaiah means the Lord builds up. Yeah. The Lord builds up. Is that great? We look at Benaiah and we say, wow, what a great achiever. He had a dream and he went after it. He saw David who slayed a lion and David slayed a giant. And so Benaiah goes and slays the lion and, and Benaiah slays an Egyptian giant. And he's like, he's like, David's life is speaking to Benaiah. Benaiah is a man who is built up. Sometimes we, live, we, we definitely live in a culture and a society that is very much based on achievement. You have what you have by what you achieve. If you don't work, you don't have. And this is a philosophy that is from the curse of the law. And it, and it, it permeates our culture. And it makes us, it puts us in a place where that if I'm not working and if I'm not producing, I'm not going to advance in the kingdom of God. I'm not going to experience God's power and God's blessing in my life. That does not work in the kingdom of God. That kind of thinking doesn't work. It's not by how hard we work that we achieve. It's by how we learn how to receive from peoples in, in our lives like David to receive that into our life and say, you know something? David did it. David walks with God and I'm going to follow his faith and I'm going to follow after him. Benaiah means the Lord, him who the Lord builds up. 
we cannot face our life, the circumstances, the threats that we have outside of understanding being built up by the Lord. We need to be built up. This is so important every morning that when we meet the Lord, just like we make coffee or tea or whatever you drink in the morning, meet the Lord. Get built up by the Word of God. Get encouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Build yourself up in the Word of God. Build yourself up and spend time building yourself up. Because if not, then when that lion crosses paths with you, we're not going to be ready to go chase him down. Benaiah is an amazing guy. The second thing I want to say this morning is, why chase, why chase a lion? What's the purpose? You know? Why even get involved with such a complicated situation? Why risk it? There's a philosophy and a mentality today that we live in that says, we see it in suburbia, we see it here in the woodlands, we see it in the bubble here that we live in. So I just want to get through my life without dying. I want to, say, I want to survive this life, I want to get to the end and then die. <laughs> I just want to do what I, I want to get through this life with as few scratches and with as few problems in my life as possible. And then when I get to the end, I'm, then I'm going to die. But you know something, that kind of thinking puts us in a place where we never, we never take steps of faith in our life. We never see the line that God crosses our path with that we look at and we say, that, that line's got my name on it. And we never pursue it. There's a moment when God presents us with opportunities. And I think that every one of us in this room can think of an opportunity that the Lord brought into our path. And it's a lion. And God brings this opportunity. You look at this lion, and you look at this situation, and you look at this person. Maybe it's the woman you married. Maybe it's the man you married. Or maybe it's the job you started. Or maybe it's the ministry that you received by, from Christ by faith. And it's a lion. And you're looking at it like, this is like, this is definitely with me and my wife. I looked at her. She's not a 500-pound lion. But I looked at her, and I was like, she's way out of my league. <laughs> she's way out of my league. There's no way that this woman would ever say yes to me about anything. And you know something? We see the lion. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water and he says, that's got my name on it. And then Peter says, let's just, Jesus, if you want me to come out there, call me. And Jesus says, what does he say? Peter, nah, Peter, I don't think you qualify this week because um, just uh, two days ago you had this bad thought or you did this bad thing or you failed in this area again. No, Peter, sorry, this time we're going to have you have you sit out, take a time out on the boat. No, Peter, Jesus says to Peter, what? One word, come. I love that because when we see opportunity in our life, there's something that we were, that was built inside of us by the Holy Spirit, by, the, by God as a creator, that when we see challenge and we see, we see a threat, there's something inside of us that wakes up and says, let me at it. Listen, you and I are going to be fighting lions all of our life. We just have to choose which one we're going to fight. We can either fight the system, the IRS, we can fight the, we can fight the, the, the political system, we can fight people, we can fight, what, we can fight our own battles, our own personal issues. But you know something? God brings lions into our lives so that we begin to get occupied with something outside of us, outside of ourselves. Some of us, like Miracle was talking about, some of us, we just get lost inside of ourselves. Man, we're just overthinking. Yeah. We're just overcalculating. We're like, this could never happen. 
and like, who am I? I got such a record in my life. I've been, you know, I got the, I got a record in my credit report. And everything in my life looks like a, looks like Hiroshima. <laughs> that nothing's going to ever happen in my life. But we got people right here in this room that have that have done great things by the grace of God with resources that people don't have, and God did it in your life. Amen. God did it. God does it because we see a lion that crosses our path. Eyes, our eyes lock and we say, the Holy Spirit says, have at it. You know, you know why we struggle with temptation in our minds? You know why we struggle with lust or sin or things that are going on inside of us? You know why? Because we're missing the 500 pound lion that's walking by. Because you know, if we get occupied with the call of God and say, you know what? I have a plan for you in that. I want you to take a step of faith. Colton and I went overseas to Poland. You know, I'm sorry, Colton, you know, embarrassing, but... I was like, you know, that takes a lot of guts to do that, especially if you're going to go on a trip with me. Because <laughs> you, you just don't know what's going to happen. You could wind up, like, wandering around the city, like, where, where do you go? You know? But Colton took the lion, and he, and he tackled it. He went into the, he went into the snowy pit, and he took out the lion. And he came back, and he did it again by himself. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. Why? Because there's something inside of us that was built for battle. Amen? Yeah. Men, you and I, husbands, Single men, we have been built to fight. There's something inside of us that's built to battle. And if we're not fighting and if we're not battling, guess what happens? We just get wrapped up in sports. We get wrapped up in like UMC or whatever you call that um, blood sport. We're like looking at gore. Or, you know, it's like, that's exciting. Why? Because we've been built to be in a dangerous situation where our life is on the, on the line and we see God come through. We've been built to walk by faith. We've been built to walk by faith. And you know what? If you and I are not walking by faith, we're going to wind up like David on the rooftop of a house where all of the, where the whole team is out there doing, doing the work of God in battle. We're just back home sipping on our coffee or whatever, and we're looking at stuff we're not supposed to be looking at. Why? Because temptation comes our way when we're not occupied with the incredible lion that God has sent. You know, the lion in your life may be your marriage. You know? I know maybe sometimes you look at your marriage and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if this is gonna, I don't know how this is gonna work. Um, I just feel like if I, I try to tackle this, I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna be taken out. I just don't have any more energy. Or, you know, the line could be just become hearing the call of God in your life and saying, I want to say yes to the radical plan of God and I want to go overseas. Talking to a young lady, she's single, we met her a few weeks ago, and she got a vision to go to Israel as a missionary. I said, go for it. I said, if God put that in your heart, do it. Go for it. She's single. I said, you know, as a single woman, you could have so much fruit in your life. You don't need to be married to bear fruit. You can be an incredible single person that's pouring out and doing some incredible things. Because Benaiah, when we were built up in the Lord, and you know, again, I'm going to say this again. The, Lord, the devil wants to hide edification from you by getting you and I distracted from the Word of God. Try meditating on the Word of God for 15 minutes and see how many crazy thoughts come to your head. I gotta call this person, I get 14 texts in five minutes, you know? Because the enemy does not want us to be built up. Because when we're built up, we're gonna walk like Benaiah and we're gonna see the kingdom of God move. So when we're facing temptation, know this, that somehow I got, I got my eyes off of the 500 pound line. Look at, it, look at it from another way. I'm sure that many of us in this room know people that have chased the call of God, the line in their life, and they've chased it down, and then they got bored, or they got wounded, 
or they got discouraged. They said, well, I went to that church and they wounded me. Well, guess what? Every church is going to wound you because the church is filled with sinners. I'm sure I'm going to say something that's going to offend somebody. Full disclaimer here. Look at Jesus. Don't look at me. Don't look at the, anybody else. Because you know something? When you have a group of sinners together, and, and this is not something, we're not giving excuse to this, but when, if we go to a great restaurant and have a bad meal, it doesn't mean that we stop eating for the rest of our life. Yeah. It can happen. And so what can happen is, is that people will get engaged in the call of God. They'll, 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 they'll run for about 20 years in the call of God. And then guess what will happen? They will say, guess what? I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. I, I, this happened to me. I was abused. I was verbally abused. Or I was taken advantage of. And guess what? I'm not going to follow the call of God anymore. Guess what happens? When you and I are chasing the lion in our life, and we're walking on the water, and we decide that we double think, guess what happens? That lion's going to turn around and it's going to come after us. Just think with me on this a little bit. Peter's walking on the water, and he starts to doubt. What happens? He starts going down. I want to say, if you decide to engage in the call of God, and these may be scary words. Eduardo told me yesterday after outreach, and we had a great time at outreach yesterday. He told me about a guy he shared the gospel with on the beach in Ecuador. He shared the gospel with the guy, told him the whole gospel, and the guy just picked up his stuff. He was about 70 years old, he started running for his life. <laughs> I think sometimes when we tell people about the gospel and about God, this is not, this is not for the faint of heart, you know what I'm saying? It's scary stuff sometimes. And sometimes when you look at your life, you're walking on water, you're chasing a crazy line, it's snowing, your feet are freezing. I don't know if you've ever been in snow barefoot, I have. And you're running and you're thinking, my gosh, what am I doing? I'm out of my mind, I've lost my mind. You ever wake up in the morning at two o'clock in the morning with a cold sweat and you're like, I just said yes to this man. What is going on? What's gonna happen to me in my life, you know? Or I just decided to go to Bible school. Or I decided to move my life and my wife to another city, another state that I've never lived in to start a church where there's already thousands of churches. What is wrong with me? Guess what? If we start thinking like that and we start doubting God and we take our eyes off of Christ, what's, what's going to happen? The lion, the call, we're going to get devoured in the call. And unfortunately, we see that happen. We're meeting pastors all the time. They say, you know, I used to be in ministry, but now I'm selling cars. Okay, maybe that's God's will, but really? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a judge. I can't. I'm not judging people. I, I really am not. But Romans chapter 11, verse 23, doesn't it say that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance? God's not going to change your... What if he fails? It doesn't matter. David failed. He got back up, moved forward. I just want to say that if we, if we stop chasing... You know, okay, I'm, I'm in my 50s. Time to kick back and start thinking about retirement. You know, you know, there's a problem today with, with financial planners. And they're telling us that people are living longer than they're supposed to be and they're running out of money. Let's not stop chasing the plan of God in our life. Let's not start chasing something else. We call it up north, uh, in the northeast, we call it chasing tail. Let's be faithful in our marriages. Let's not be looking around like, What's else, what else is over there? Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing out there that's going to be better than what God has given us in our marriages. Amen. If you're single, don't start looking around like, what's going on? You know, get occupied with God. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to literally run into a lion, and she's going to be 500 pounds. <laughs> I'm just joking. She's not going to be 500 pounds. And this is going to be a lion. You're going to be like, man, I am so, I, I don't even have time to look around because I'm so, like, trying to, trying to pour into this marriage and it's so, so it's amazing. Because guess what? If we turn tail and run, guess what's going to happen? 
It's going to chase us down. God's call is going to chase us down. We're going to find ourselves pinned down 20 years later in some crazy place, and God's going to be knocking on the door with a burning bush and he's going to be saying, I'm still here. You can't outrun me. So let's not, let's not quit the chase. And I'm going to close with this. I'm going to finish with this. Why is Benaiah's story important for us? Why is Benaiah's name built up? Because God needs Benaiah to build other people up. God needs you to build people up. Don't underestimate your portion in the body. Don't underestimate your portion here in Evergrace. Don't ask to underestimate your portion in your neighborhood. We were across the street, literally across the street in those houses, across the street, knocking on doors, banging on people's doors. Shenandoah police walked, kind of slowly drove by. And were like, <laughs> yeah, it's us. Just like talking to people, and I talked to one, one gentleman, uh, Shenandoah Montgomery County Police Sheriff car in the driveway, and began to talk with him. He came to the door. He said, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. I go all the way downtown to go to church. And he said, um, he says, I'm looking for the words of life. Which are the words that he shared with Miracle? And he said, he said, I'm, he said, where else am I going to go in my life? Where else are there the eternal words? I talked to this man, a professional, beautiful home. And he said, I'm desperate for the word of God. You know why? Because people go to church and they're not getting built up. They're getting torn down. They walk out the door and they're like, they're like you know what? I guess i got to work for myself. From, from a scale from 1 to 10, I'm a 2. I'm a minus 4 today. <laughs> got to work on myself. People need to be built up in who they are in Jesus Christ as a new creation. At the end of our lives, and guess what? Benaiah is a blessing to David. God wants to use you and I to be a blessing to the king, to be a blessing to a neighborhood, to be a blessing to a nation. And he wants to, he is creating a story in us the lion that you and I are facing today, where whether it's your health, or it's your kids, or it's estranged relationships, or it's your financial situation, that lion is in your life today because he's preparing you for something. He's preparing you for 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 4, where you are being used by God in the great kingdom of God to work in an amazing way to be used by God to pour out his righteousness and to pour out his work in a city and in a nation that does not see God. At the end of our lives, our greatest regrets will be God, will be the God-given opportunities that we left on the table, God-given passions that we didn't pursue, and the God-sized calling that we didn't go after because we let, get this, get this, last thing I'm going to say, we let fear direct our decisions. I read a quote this week by Napoleon Bonaparte. I don't think he was a very spiritual guy, but he was the, he was the dictator that was that was terrorizing Europe, leading the French into all the way to the Russian border. He was defeated there in the Russian winter. He said this, there are generals that are courageous. And he said, but there are 2 a.m. generals. And he said, that's courage. Because at 2 a.m., when you wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, like I'm leading my armies into this, into this battle, what am I doing? You've got to have courage. You've got to, have, you've got to know God is with you at that moment. You've got to be building yourself up as Benaiah was being built up in the word of grace. Because if not, we're going to turn tail and run. And we're going to be devoured. We're going to be devoured by the lion that God sent us to take out. I want to encourage us today. This message I just preached to you, the message that I heard in 1990, 
1991. Yes, in that old Pastor Shallow preached this message. And I was sitting in the back of the church, just kind of sitting there. It was during the summer conference, like we have just been to now. And I'm sitting there. I'm a missionary in Poland. And I'm thinking about what what my future look like. I think I was 24. I'm sitting there listening to this story. And God spoke to me and he said, so I want you to go to Ukraine. I want you to chase this line out there because I have a work out there for you. And when we moved there, I went there for one year. I was engaged already to Gosha. And I went out there and it was not easy. It was a country that was coming out of communism. Uh, the infrastructure of the whole country was falling apart, literally. Uh, there, was, we didn't, there were times we didn't know who was running the city that we were living in. Uh, there were riots on the streets that we see in Hong Kong, tear gas. I remember going to church, the church that we had started, walking to church in the time with my, my guitar on my way to church, um, covering my mouth because there was tear gas. Police were just throwing, they were beating students. And I'm on my way to the meeting. I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? I heard this message and I thought, you know something? There's lions out there that need to be defeated because people need to see that there's, there's, a, there's a lion chaser. I want to encourage you today. If we're facing fear, if we're facing doubt, if we're, thinking, if we're facing double think, if we came here today, I don't know what's going on in your life, and there's, you left your home and there's like there's piles of fire on it that, are, that, are, that are on fire in your home right now that you left spiritually. I want to tell you, don't quit. Fight the good fight of faith. Move forward. Let's not be spiritual wimps because you know something, if you and I turn tail and we start going the other way, we're going to be a casualty and we're going to be complaining like other people and we're going to say, you know what, I used to be a Christian or I used to be a pastor or I used to be a worship person or I used to serve in the church or I used to go to church but now all of that is uh, I'm destroyed. You know what, let's not be part of that list. Let's move forward in the grace of God. Let's get encouraged and not let fear dictate our decisions. And you know something, if we need to go back, if we need to stand up, I know as a parent, sometimes you just want to say, you know what, I'm done with this. I want to turn around and say, what have I signed up for? Just stand up to the plate with God. Just show up and say, God, I'm here by faith. I'm really here by faith, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm sitting in a pit on a snowy day with this crazy lion. I need you to show up. I read a quote today, uh, this week, and I posted, I love it, said this, that we are on a mission, we have a calling from God, that if God does not show up, it's destined to fail if God does not show up, we are on a mission that's destined to fail if God does not show up, and if that's your life, then you're in the middle of the plan of God, amen, amen, let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes, Father, thank you, God, for the call of God in our life, that we can say yes to you, Lord, Father, we thank you that you show up. And you sent the lions in our, in our direction. And these are lions, just like Joshua the armies, going into the promised land. Lord, you have given us these hindrances, these difficulties, these hard times to get us outside of our own psychoanalysis and our own mental, our own mental problems that every one of us in this room has. You know, everybody has mental problems. It's just not the person that outwardly shows us. We all struggle with mental issues. And we're going to fall prey to that if we don't allow God to speak into our life a vision and show us something that's so far beyond us that it's got to be gone. Lord, we look at this city, we look at this area, we look at the woodlands, and the first thing that we could say is, why is, there, why is there another church that's needed here? We are here because 
people need to see Benaiah. They need to see what it means to be edified in the Lord, to take steps out of their very difficult situations and walk in boldness and courage and enjoy the Lord. Lord, we want to see your, we want to see your miraculous power in our life. And so we, we, we take steps of faith in that direction. And if there are people here today that are discouraged or maybe made a great decision, this can happen too. You can make a very good decision in your life and then a few weeks later or a few months later just get hit with the enemy with doubt. Like, did I do the right thing? Don't doubt. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And build yourself up. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we pray these things. Amen. Guys, um, in a few hours, I'm going to be getting on a plane and I'm going to be going to Ukraine. Um, I'll be there for about a week. And every summer we go there. I go there, if you've been around with us for a while, you know that I disappear for about a week in August. I go overseas to Ukraine where we pour into four churches there that being pastored by people that we led to Christ, that we met on the street, atheists or whatever, led them to Christ, and now they're pastoring churches and they've reached out. And so I'm going to go there, and so I really would uh, cover your prayers. Next week, Eduardo's going to be leading. We're going to hear from Pastor Mike, and we're going to hear from Eduardo preach, and we're going to have an awesome time. So please show up, be here, and support your church. Amen? So let's stand up together. Let's just have a time of worship, and then we'll be dismissed.
an opportunity to kind of address some of the things that he and I have talked about, okay. but we didn't have time to really do it. Yeah. The only thing he told me one day, he said, well, I believe in God. But, as I even said that day, I said, yeah, the devil believes in God. So, I heard somebody use this term recently, demonic theology. That's a good way to put it. Demonic knowledge. Yeah. Like, Whoa, wait a minute. Okay, yeah. that's true, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I uh, appreciate your availability to speak. Well, I'm really praying that God is going to use this time. He told me this last week when I told him, I said, hey, uh, I'm going to be preaching on the 25th. He said, you know, when he pulled out his phone immediately and texted his wife. Hey, we're going to go to Where did he live? He was across the street. Towards Big Town. Oh, okay. That's going to be a bit of a hike. Will be. But then we were talking later that day, and he just said, you know, so he's Foreman is 32. Talented guy. Yeah. What we did. He really knows his stuff. So he said, you know, I really looked up to you. And I was like, I didn't know how to take that. You know? You know? So I'm just praying that, you know, that whole process of plant, water, well, before that happens, you gotta till up the soil. Yeah. You, 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 you gotta dig up, pull some rocks out. Maybe some of that being occurring, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I pray to God. That so, um, I'm excited about what's going on with your job. I, so, you got, you took the test. So, here's what happened. I took the test for actually. Yeah. Which, um, so here's the way the process works. Let's say they post a job and you apply for the job. And 10,000 people apply for that job. Which, not unheard of, right? Then you go take a test. You pass that test, and the recruiter people like your resume and everything, you get a chance to take the second test. Okay, so you need to talk to the recruiter? So, well, here's what happened. So, that 10,000 people dwindles down real quick to maybe a couple hundred. Okay. I got selected, I took the second test, and I passed it. Wow. So, Right now they have a hiring freeze, but I've talked to this guy named Lou. He was the one that even told me to, to apply. And he said, you've done everything you can do. He said, when they lift that freeze, you will get selected for an interview. Because out of that 300 or so that take that second test and pass it, yeah. they may only interview 10 people, and they may only hire one. So he said, <laughs> you will get selected for an interview. Oh. So, I know that that's in the future. That's the next thing. I've done all I can do. Yeah. And I believe really in my heart that God it. is going to open that door. And I'm I really do get too. It. I, I, I really I'm do. praying for God because, man, I mean, you had this crazy job at Hughes Landing, which is like a dream job for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just said no. Because it was just like, it was not edifying, you know? And, uh, and then you wound up with this job down there. Some people might think it's too menial. Yeah. And then, like, so... Like Joseph, you know, guys, it's kind of... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, praying. I'm praying for that blessing. I am too. And I'm praying, you know, my prayer all the time is, Lord, when I took this job, I asked you for favor out here. Yes. Oh, okay. But, and I did. They weren't. Great. But I said also, I made a commitment that I would be an example oh, of Christ. Yeah. And I just pray that every day that that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to deter from my witness or who, yeah. who God has called me to be. Yeah. Because it's hard. Yeah. One of the places, you know, I was thinking this last week, you know, the devil is a worried line, you know. Yeah. 
So how does the devil get to us out there? And then probably the number one way is through comedy. I never thought about it this way before, but when you're around that group of guys and you have that camaraderie, yeah. people are always joking, always joking, always yeah. joking, making innuendos, stuff like, yeah. and that can become like bad oh, company. Oh, it can be. Yeah. And, so, and, the, and the, he, you know, Satan wants me to to join yeah. in with that and laugh at that, and then he can destroy my witness. Oh wow, yeah, you're right. And he can devour me through yeah. that. And so I was like, okay, I see how. Because it's about the witness. The it is. Wants to it. Yeah, if he can take that away, yeah. then he can just go, all right, next person. Yeah. Because after that, I'm, no I'm useless out there. So this is the way it was for us in Ukraine. Like, like um, priests in Ukraine, they do this house-to-house visit. And they go to our house. It's usually like a shot of vodka, and there's like a couple, of, and there's dollar bills underneath it. Okay. Right? So they do this, they go around like the whole neighborhood and they do that. And so right. by the end of their rounds, I've seen priests drunk and walking home. And so like, we need to go visit people. We would do that. We would be offered vodka or whatever. And uh, I would say no. I would just say no. Because, mm-hmm. because if I would say yes, then it's like, okay, he's just the same as everybody else. Everybody else, else. right. Like, but people told me that like, and now that, you know, that a disciple in pretty, they said, you know, like your life, that testimony really convicted us. Yeah, because, yeah. Because you were different. You guys were different. Yeah. I think that was always after the testimony. Because if he can destroy the messenger, he can destroy the messenger. Yeah, but then he's right? done. I mean, he because yeah. you can be around the same people for the next ten years. You'll yeah. never get get an opportunity again. Yeah. That's know? a good word. I I, I want to remember that. That's a good word because because sometimes we can become so camaraderie from, from like oh yeah so, like, like the fraternizing yeah yeah and these guys are hilarious they are funny I work with it's like being at a comedy club every day of the week they're hilarious but it's you know it's, most of it is, is, is off you know off in the dark and, you know that's just you know so well, I'm yeah. gonna get going I gotta get to the airport yeah, I gotta get to see how to alright so, say hi to your family for us Hey, love you guys. I'm going to go. Okay, okay. You've got to go you. to the airport. Um, yeah, what is Miracle doing today? We thought maybe uh, she's going to come to our house right now. Out oh, I'm sorry. We're going to we're going to take her to our house now. Okay. She's going to hang out with us. Okay. And then tomorrow morning early she has a, a flight. Okay. So is she allowed to come do something? We were trying to figure out to go do something. Is she allowed? No, she's not allowed. Is she allowed? We does, are forbidding it. Does uh go shop plans with because you're uh, going to the airport, right? Yeah, and I need to be at the airport at 2. So, what time do we got now? Oh, uh, probably. 12.30. Okay. How did things go this morning? Oh, it, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, the worship was good, but uh, it was really good. Like, the speaking was really good about the kingdom, and I just got I just got fired up, like, in my spirit. Oh, awesome. <laughs> about, you know, like, this. It's like nothing i always felt like nothing good came out of the my catholic upbringing yeah. but there's this one thing that i always remember right that scripture i love you thy name thy kingdom come i still want to say it yeah, like that yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. i read the scripture and in my head it still reads that king james version yeah. <laughs> and um but it's like the kingdom come 
your will be done. And so I just got that burden. Like, That's oh, awesome. God, what is your desire? It's this kingdom coming, you know, yeah. and not us, not about ourselves. Kind of well, in mind what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the it's calling like what, kind of thing. what we're suffering is for other people. Yeah, it's, it's about God's kingdom. It just, oh, it just burns inside of me. Yes, Lord, get me out of myself. Get me. Yes, get out of our heads. Get us out of our heads, my God. God, life is too short. <laughs> it's about your kingdom, Lord. So. All right, I get a I get a roll. Okay, we'll touch with faces. Poland, <laughs> Ukraine. Ukraine. Come on, you, uh, right now. I'm out, I'm out. All right, you can buy a ticket at the. the you can buy a ticket at the at the Lufta. See you guys. Hey, can you help with something that? Um, Are you leaving that, now? Like flying out? Yeah, I, I mean, I got to go to the airport. I got to go home and get my stuff. Well, be safe, man. Hey, that banner that we put up on the front. Can you roll that up and put it in here? Yeah. I got to return it because it's a piece of junk. Thanks again for the money for oh, Tanya. And I will. Be um, safe out there. I will, sir. Connected when you get back. You're gonna you're gonna come with us. Oh, so what do you? So they want to do something with you, too. So let we'll me. We'll find out if you guys were gonna do. So, I mean, if Gosha had plans we, or something. Well, let me just check with Gosha. Yeah. We'll just. All right. Can, all right. Can you? Oh. Let's clean that up. Yeah, I got Sorry it. about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tony. I'm going to help these guys with this I'm going to start using that. I'm just going to go around telling people you're chafed from mine. I don't know where I read that. Is that an old King James thing? I've never heard it. I like it. You're chafed, man. I'm using that, You're though. chafed in the so mind. Just, it's a polite way of saying you're mental. Like, so Where's Gosha? You're chafed in the mind. I got to go to the airport. Hold the fort down. Next Sunday, uh, uh, Eduardo's going to preach. And Mike's going to preach. When are y'all leaving for the airport? Now. I got I to gotta be at the airport at 2, so I got to go home and eat something. Well, you're going to be at the airport at 2 o'clock? No, I got to be at the airport. My flight leaves at 4. So I need to be there at 2. Yes, sir. Eduardo! Here you go. There's two checks. Don't leave without me giving you I need to go right now. Okay, let me do it. All right. Yeah, that would be that would be helpful because then I can just go online and Okay. What time is your fry leaving? Four. But I need to... oh, I'm sorry. Where's my wife? I will see you. What happened to John here to go? Yeah, he bought tickets to something downtown that they bought a while ago. And then he realized it was for Sunday. And it started at like 10. That are tied. Yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah, All right, where's my wife? Chased it in the mind. Your name, you need to sign. All right, you have a pen. 
I mean, I can I can do that later. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I were in touch to. Uh, yeah, I can. I, you can text me too. My texting will work over there. Okay. Yeah, and I'll text you the plan for Sunday. Okay. So. Where'd Jeff go? Hey Jeff. Yes. Love you, man. You you are awesome. Thanks for being. Oh, what a great time last night. Just celebrating you and Hebrews. It's wild, wasn't it? I was like, man, this is like breaking through. It's like carbureted cars breaking through. Worship finally gets a break. And it's like this. Breaking break. Finally, Johnny's freaking out. You know, I mean, he's like there. I'm like, dude, let's. It's like we gotta burn a song to get there, you know? Like, let's yeah. burn one worship song, that's not gonna get us. That's just, it's weird. Yes. And finally, it's erupted. We stayed till 10 o'clock worship. It was great. I had to go home because Caleb was just having a connection. Yeah, but it was amazing. Like, people just stayed and kept going, kept going. Love you guys. Are you leaving us? I gotta leave right now. Hey, man, I love you. Thanks for being there. Thanks for showing up the other day to the city council meeting. Well, you might have known me from my previous life. <laughs> okay, where'd Goshi go? All right, Tony. See you. Somewhere, yes. See you guys. Thank you. Goshi, let's go. All right, let's get him in the car. I'll get him in the car. I get the keys. I'm just going to grab my bag and, and then go use the restroom. Okay. Love you guys. See you, buddy. Hey. That's so funny. I'm looking at that like that was banner such a thing. That testimony. I enjoy speaking. I just have I to. I snapped a picture of you. Have to be able to. I usually memorize stuff, so I felt That's like good. I was reading. Perfect. Very robotic. <laughs> bye bye. We're saying bye to you. We That's are missing cool. so many people today. I don't know what happened, and then our worship just shut down. I'm you like, said what is going on with our worship service? Yeah, I'm used to you saying like, oh, there's like 30 people. <laughs> like where it's like where is everybody this is still summer and people are still like oh i'm so sorry oh great sometimes it's just lion in the pit on a snowy day just show up and take out the lion caleb your buddy's here he's a little small to wear my Duck Dynasty sunglasses with my other ones. My Ray-Bans were in my suitcase. It's about 20 minutes. 20 minutes away. Your flight leaves at what time? You need to be there at 5. So I would say... 20 minute drive or maybe 25 minute for you from where you're at 
Um, but you know on Google you can do like a you can do a search. It's like a search, but it's, then it's also like you can set a, a reminder, like you know a reminder to leave, and then it'll tell you exactly what time you're going to need to leave. So I'll show you. It's uh, where it is. So you go to Google, you type in airport, your location, and then um, terminal A, whatever it is. Then um, what you can do is uh, start. Nope. Oh, you got to click up here. There's three dots. And it's a set of reminder to leave. When you do that, just choose when to depart or when you want to arrive. So if you need to arrive tomorrow at 5 a.m., what it's going to do is it's going to tell you, before you set the reminder, it's going to tell you Google Maps will remind you to leave at 419 to arrive at 5 a.m. So um, I wish we could drive down and drop you off. Or maybe even Jeff Marsha could do that. But they may already be up getting ready for coffee, so I don't know.